everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. We are live, baby! That's right. Woke my kids up. Don't care. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Uh, yes, we are back doing TRB Live because Star Wars is back with shows. Uh, so this is, as Lacey brought up just before we went on air, and I almost got sick to my stomach, our first live show since the <laughs> Taco Bell Challenge where we recapped <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, have you guys eaten tacos since then? Oh, I yes. Taco, Taco Bell's from Taco The Mexican Bell? pizza's oh. back. Oh, okay. All right. You finally yes. got one? Yes, I finally got one. All right. It was so awesome. I, I went and I got scared that it wasn't at this one. And then I saw the sign. I was like, okay, so they're up to date. They got their Mexican pizza. I ordered it. It looked disgusting, but it tasted amazing. Okay. Okay. That's good. So that'd be more of like a good dish for cheer it because can't see it, can taste it. There you go. Yeah. Can look terrible. <laughs> still tastes good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, he but said, we're here to talk about cheer it. He, he buddy, just right? knows. He knows it looks bad. You know. Right. And yeah, uh, he, he can says, "Can it. you fix this? Can you fix this?" And they said, "For that, you'll have to pay more." There you go. I like that. Uh, but we're here to talk about cheer it's buddy, uh, Andor, Cassian Andor. He's back, and Diego Luna, all 42 years young of him, playing a spry 21-year-old version of Cassian, according to Wikipedia. But uh, So we're actually going to be talking about all three episodes that came out. So uh, if you're new to TRB, welcome. I'm John. That's James. That's Lacey. Um, so we're back doing it live. We just got off a live stream just on Patreon. We were going over our Patreon changes. We are entering phase four of our Patreon so go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast if you want to check out the changes. Uh, if you were thinking about joining our Patreon, this would be the best time to sign up because uh, we're throwing in some extra goodies for new signups at certain tiers. Uh, so again, check All it out. Patreon.com. Altars. Well, yeah. We have as soon as tiers. you join today, starting at $5, yeah. you get a welcome pack from us. Yes. Any tier. Yes. So patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, go check it out. And we appreciate all the support shows like this are possible because of your support and a lot of the other stuff that we're able to do and goals we have for the future. So thank you for that. Um, also for tonight's show, uh, the super chats are available and what those do are vault your comments all the way to the top and you will be featured on the show. We will read them on the show and react to what you have to say. Um, but have fun, sit back. If you just want to just chill and watch, that's awesome too. The live chat's cooking so you can hang out with people in there and let's have a good time. It's a party. It's a Star Wars party. Uh, so here we are to do that. And three episodes, so almost a movie's worth, about two hours worth of live action Star Wars to tackle here. We're going to try to keep it at a normal show length. We'll probably go over just because of the amount of stuff we have to talk about. Um, but hopefully you're here for the for the ride. So uh we always kick things off around oh and do the whole thing with the youtube like it make sure you're subscribed share it if you're on social media find our tweet uh share that uh wherever else we're posted if you don't mind sharing let's let's spread the word here because that's the best way we can grow but it's time to get down to business and business is good because andor is out it seems like everyone's loving it uh recent report uh we saw on star wars newsnet that critics and audiences both Early reviews are good, um, fresh on both sides of the aisle. Metacritic, positive reviews as well. So, so far, so good for Andor. <sighs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Keep that going. Um, but 
we like to do things around here called rating these episodes. And as you probably saw from the Mando fan show, which will be back early next year when the Mandalorian returns. For my birthday, we, basically. Yeah, right around that time. Right around the time. You and my wife, same birthday. Very <laughs> yes. interesting. You remind me um, every year. Every year. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and, well, it's an easy way to remember your birthday, too. But uh, Is it? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't it be? You so, can just right. remember it as my birthday? One to ten is the scale, <laughs> and we're doing it this time in Diego's. So Diego Luna's face is going to fill up the screen based on how we voted for these episodes. So what we did since we since it's three episodes, we each averaged out our rating. We gave an overall rating of all three together, and then next mm -hmm. week when we hit episode four, we'll go back to you know obviously one episode rating. So, Lacey, let's kick things off with you. These three episodes, what did you rate them combined? I gave these three episodes an eight. Okay. Diego Excellent. faces. Um, I thought that the episodes were dark, as I'd assume they were going to be, uh, with Tony Gilroy and with uh, Cassie and Andor in general. I knew it was going to be a little on the darker side. Um, I love B2 Emo, mm -hmm. but I felt the first two episodes were building up and we'll get into it in a little bit, but I really kind of felt like these episodes should have just been apart and not separate episodes. Like just put them together as a chunk because I felt like by ending it at certain points, it felt like they were just picking times to end. Like they were like, let's end it right here to make it an episode. So you're um, thinking 10 episodes, this one's the first one. It just happens to be very long to set this tables what you would have preferred not well i don't know episodes. i don't know what the other episodes are so i can't say oh, like wow. how they should be bunched but i'm saying like these could have been chunked together um but mean, John. the last one's my favorite one three nice yeah i think that's probably the consensus mm -hmm. um so james where are you at with uh this three episode trilogy of star wars television so i gave it an 8.5 Ooh. But the only reason it's an 8.5 is because I'm trying to learn from Lacey's wisdom of going too high too soon mm. because I love these. <laughs> I really love these and I want to rate them very high, but I'm like, as the show grows, I'm not going to have any more room to go higher. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a so I was like, I'll go 8.5. It's just clearly above John and Lacey had already given their eight. So I was like, well, I'll go above them. Um, it's so funny you said that because when I saw your score, I was like, is he doing that just so he looks like he liked it the most? No. Because <laughs> you're I, like the I, Cassian guy, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I mean, I could have guessed and just even in conversations and stuff that I probably like this more than anybody else yeah, like, yeah, between yeah. the three of us. Um, and then I saw the scores and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely like it more than them. Cause my gut is like, I already want to be like nines and nines point fives, you know, out of these. Um, but I'm like, wow. I'm going to give it some room because, um, I, I don't know. I just feel like this is exactly what I want out of star Wars. Now there's another star Wars out there. That's the force and everything like that. Obviously I love that stuff too. And that stuff's great. Um, but I don't know, like this, this, this resonates with me very strongly that's really cool i was leaning towards um 7.5 but i wound up giving it an eight um just because of understanding the fact that 
after finishing, and by the way, if you're in this chat and you're watching this video, we're obviously going to talk about everything. So hopefully you've watched it. Um, Spoilers. So get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, just talking about the show. And uh, I gave it an eight, understanding the fact that, um, and especially how the third episode rounds out where it shows every character that we've sort of been introduced to and sort of where they're at as we're about to, you know, they're about to probably make a big choice about where they're going in their life. Um, the music's very dramatic and you see some of them are like down and out. Some of them look determined. Some of them are dead. <laughs> RIP Tim. Um, but I gave it an eight because this is setting the table for what's ahead. And that's going to have a bigger payoff later. Now that they took the time here to make us understand who these people are, whether it's on the Imperial side or the rebel side, we really got, to understand these characters so that it's not one of those things where we don't care later on if someone dies or something happens to somebody. And you have to do that for these types of shows that are prequels where for a lot of these characters and even some of the new characters, thanks to the actors, we know their fates going forward in certain uh, seasons, or of course, like Cassian lives on for Rogue One, Mon Mothma. So you need to find other ways to make us interested in the new characters and the existing characters. So I bumped up from a 7.5 to an 8, understanding that this is setting the table. And later on, when we come back to revisit these episodes, I'll probably like them more um, knowing what they did. So these are like the sacrificial lamb episodes in terms of like, they're not going to be the best episodes, but they're they're really doing their job, which is exposition and, and setting the table for a great show. So between the three of us, uh, that rounds out to 8.2 Diegos. Let's see it. There he is. Look at that guy. <laughs> Look at him. Is it just, yeah, just mustache Diego? Yeah. Okay. So it's not Cassie and Beard Diego. Love it. He looks so mustache. pumped to be here. Yeah. I was really happy to be here because it's Diego's. It's not Cassian's. You know what I mean? Right. True. Uh, so I was like, I was like kind of borderlining. Do we want him to look like Cassian or do we want him to look like, you know, you look him up. He's had so many different haircuts and, and different stylings and stuff mm -hmm. that I was like, oh man, we could go with that. But then it almost looks unrecognizable. So I, I tried to go right in between uh, the actor and the character. I think I prefer Diego Luna with a beard because when they showed him on his like his like crime photo on the scan that they showed him and he didn't have his beard, I'm like, I gotta get a beard on that guy. <laughs> um, all right, he so we also couldn't pulled... grow it. That was only like a year ago. <laughs> and... Yeah, he was only 19. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we also pulled our patrons. I know a bunch of you were here with us. And your score was a little lower than TRB, gotta say. 7.8 from the TRB faithful. So a little less mustache on the chart here uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but yeah, so for all of our listeners, audio and video, uh, TRB 8.2, patrons 7.8, still very good scores as we enter this journey. Um, with nine episodes to go. So more episodes than a season of The Mandalorian still to go for Andor. And Tony Gilroy and company took full advantage of uh, laying out the groundwork for us. So we have a couple of comments on Patreon with backing up their scores. And the first one is David Probus, a.k.a. General Greybeard mm -hmm. Proby One. Uh, he said, all three episodes together get seven Diego's. Not a mind-blowing start, but I'm invested. It's a slow burn for sure. Thanks, David. And then we have Ian Thompson, 
who said a solid 8.5 Diego's really good character development. I enjoyed the back and forth aspect of the storytelling as well. Looking back on Cassian's childhood and using that to add layers and depth to the present. Also that score absolutely slaps. Now, does he mean the score he gave the episodes or the music? I'm going to guess. I think he means the music. The music's really great. I'm, I was a little wishy-washy on the music. I, I love like... there's the one part where the guitar came in and I was like, yeah, it's like, yeah, the end of the second episode felt like a band. Like there yeah, felt like there did. was a band playing. Drum set. So, yeah. So give me, here's the thing with the music. Like it's going to take me a little bit. I'm surprised when people come in and they're like, I immediately love it. It's like, there's a totally difference of opinion when you hear a song for the first time and then you hear it as the credits or the theme that keeps getting brought up like later in the series when at some point we're going to have an emotional moment and there's going to be music that plays that comes in and it's going to be like this song means something to me now it didn't before i heard it i knew it but now it means something to me um so i i want to give the before i get too in depth on the score i want to give it some time um you know to let boba fett like sit with me (laughs) you know i sing the mando theme all the time i was singing Mm -hmm. it tonight all the time do you yeah it's always stuck in my head i do like i do get the intro to the mando theme when it kicks in that's good stuff i was singing in the shower tonight i might actually get boba caught in my head more than Amanda. I am not even kidding. I walk around my house and randomly I'll just be like, ooh, 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 ooh. All right. All right. I always go, hey. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like anytime somebody ever goes like, do you go hey, outside you and yell at your neighbors? I think it, it picks in my head. Like, like, hey, do you want to meet up later and go to whatever? And you go, hey. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like James's neighbors are like under their car fixing it. And James just creeps up <laughs> next to him and just goes, hey. um all right so uh you want some reactions really quick yeah let's go ahead so we have a couple people that reacted to the episode so first we have brian ward what up brian who said Mm 9.5 for me minus 0.5 for making me stay up till 4 a.m yes (laughs) i've learned that i'm not doing that (laughs) so i used to stay up like a crazy person and not sleep which I might do for Mando, but for this, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm still waiting for Disney to just move it to like 7 and 10. Yeah, what like is 7, going 8, on? 9, 10 or something. I just don't get why they're still doing this. Neither do I. Uh, Ryan Wara, thanks so much. He said, I give episode one five Cassians, aka Diego's, episode two seven Diego's, and episode three eight Diego's. That's All good. Right. And then we have Commander Gree underscore n green (laughs) he has a nice little clone trooper as his image he said i think we're at a point with star wars that there can be something for everybody but andor is exactly what i want in star wars i'm team james gets me yeah and we have one super chat from qui-gon j thank you so much for the super chat who said yo (laughs) tim straight up sucks i said that in my review i was like he sucks i was like laughing at myself when i went back Tim made a lot of bad choices and he paid the price. As soon as he was just like, he started getting a little jealous. I was like, oh, this guy's dead. He, <laughs> he was, he was getting a, yeah, 
He was getting a little stocky. Um, oh, no, me yeah, so that wasn't good. And then obviously, uh, like not, not having the comp, like looking at Diego Luna, Diego Luna and saying like, I can't beat that guy. So now I'm just going to try to throw him to the well, empire. Also, to to be fair to Tim, really quick, like don't defend him. Don't <laughs> defend him. His like well, girlfriend Tim and this Tim. guy who's he's already sort of jealous are are like spies <laughs> that could like the rebel. You know what I also, mean? Also, like, Diego Luna is gorgeous. So yes, I would understand why he's jealous. But Tim saying, straight up sucks. He if sucks. I thought if I thought my wife or girlfriend or whatever was like involved in some sort of like illegal activities and stuff, I'd be like, what is going on? I don't know about that. Would you rat that person out to the empire though? I no. Well, I don't know. The thing is, is not, he didn't rat out his girlfriend. He, he ratted out the guy. That is a death sentence that you're ratting them out. You know that nothing good is, you're never going to see that person again. Yeah. He doesn't James, want that person around. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Here. James would rat either one of us any ch- if he had the chance. James. No, look, what? That's not surprising. They're like, th- look, Star Wars is like they're the the good guys are the terrorists. Like we know that, right? That's always been the thing. They're the people that are going up against the established government. Right. This took a a, a turn that I did not yeah. expect. But no, Tim, well, anyway, I'm James, just saying, Tim. James used to remind the teacher that there was a quiz that day. <laughs> and then report you to saying, the principal to remove you from the room and never see you again because that's I'm just saying his girlfriend and this other guy are clearly involved in a bunch of crazy illegal activity that he's just trying to keep her safe like wait a minute i don't know what you're involved in but get out of it i'm james is your you favorite star wars character slow and low from the last jedi maybe <laughs> the parking there, ticket. there's the shuttle parkers <laughs> told him not to park on the beach <laughs> Man. <laughs> anyway. oh, slow, slow and low. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, anyway, we're just having some fun here. We're just greasing the wheels here. Come on, we're just getting going. Um, all right, so let's talk about the show. Um, <clears throat> it obviously, you know, we bop around. It really doesn't matter. Let's look at it. Look at it as a whole, and uh, you know, we can sprinkle in the Easter eggs uh, if we saw any. There were a couple that I saw. Nothing too crazy. Um, but what what are your guys' overall thoughts? Can on I say my three? one? Oh, good. Yeah. I have my one Easter egg because I didn't get a chance to watch it more than once. And I felt stupid after I realized it was an Easter egg. I messaged these guys and I said, didn't they say that there was an Imperial mine accident in another Star Wars thing? Am I imagining that? And John was like, Rogue One. And I was like, ah, call back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Vader. So I've mining accident. Obviously, we figured out that that's the Empire's go-to of like, oh, yeah, there was a a fire, you know? Like, oh, there was an explosion. People died. And you're like, no, you just killed everybody. <laughs> the Empire has a Google Doc of excuses. And they're like, have we used this one lately? <laughs> Imperial <laughs> mine one. is the way to go. Sorry, a mining disaster. Um, so, yeah, just to re- go back to what I was saying before, like, I there were definitely parts of this that felt like they dragged on and I think it was might've been the episode that I did the reaction to where I hate to say it. I checked to see how much time was left in the episode. So when I do that, that's when I'm not fully into the show. I'm, I'm me watching the show. Um, most of the time with star Wars, I'm like in it, you know, I'm right there. Um, 
But at the same time, like I said, we're we're looking at these three episodes in a bubble because we don't know what's to come yet. But we do understand that this is just setting up these characters, letting us get to know these characters. Um, I, you know, I had a, a hard time even keeping up with that. There were so many new characters they gave us. And I feel like they're really already fleshed out and well yep. introduced. Like uh, Fiona Shaw, Marva. Oh my God, amazing. she's amazing. She was the best um, part, I think, acting wise. And, and we haven't even gotten to, you know, Saw Gerrera and stuff like that yet. So, you know, we're just meeting these people like Cyril, who to me, uh, clearly conflicted. He he does that like gulp in his throat thing when he's trying to give that speech. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. believe in anything he's saying. He seems like the type of kid who got forced into this by his parents or something like that. And he has a conscience and he's like the other guy really? he's with. Yes, I think I think he's he's That's very not really the take I have on him either. Lacey. I didn't take that. I didn't get that feel at all. I got mm -hmm. the feel of he felt like high on the power of like I'm going to do what's right. This is what's right. Everybody's wrong and I'm right. Like kind of like Hux and TFA, like very oh, no. much in it to do exactly by the book. And then the guy that told him, like, just let it go. Tell them that they died doing something not bad. Like, it's totally fine. Which, by the way, that old man is from Austin Land, if you've ever seen that movie. Uh, he plays a drunk in that movie. So I was, like, sitting there listening to his voice, like, where have I heard this voice? And then I realized who it was. Um, but, yeah, I didn't get that read on him, John. So that's interesting that you say that. I'm not saying you're wrong. So, I'm yeah. just hear saying I out. didn't get that read. Hear, hear me out in terms of this is how I view it. At the beginning, no. But then when it comes to that point where they're rallying the troops and he's giving like the empire version of the speech that Jin gives to the rogue one crew about here we go we're gonna do this take our chance stuff like that you got that guy mosque the the uh scottish, scottish guy, guy. Yeah. who apparently drop drops that s-bomb first s-bomb in star wars S sideburns guy yeah yeah he's like s-bomb like, sideburns he i'm just kidding He's like a gun-toting, like, let's go you shoot first, ask questions later, let's go do this, I'm all about this stuff, I'm a company guy. And he gives his speech and then hands it over to Cyril, and he, like, has struggles. And he's, like, like swallowing as he's talking, and he's, like, not motivating at all. And he's clearly in over his head, and that's where I got that from. And, you know, he's he's cowarding as, as Cassian has the gun pointed to his head. It doesn't seem like a guy who's, like, like oh i'm you know I, I'm, i'll die for the empire and, and and chew my cyanide pill like uh titus welliver does in, in mandalorian season two so i i got this whole angle from him that he's the one who's sort of conflicted and he's trying to hang on because he's in this position i could be way wrong that was just my initial reaction to him the way the reason i didn't get that read on him is because he was the one that was pushing for all that stuff from the get-go like he was the one that wasn't dropping it. He was the one that spent all the hours researching Cassian. He was the one that was being demanding at the beginning to get Cassian. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that doesn't seem like someone who's apprehensive or doesn't want to follow through or is having a conscious. That seems like someone that's trying to prove themselves because they think if they figure this out, they're going to get a promotion over the guy that they think is an idiot, which he clearly thinks that other guy's a moron. Mm hmm yeah, but and then we have that Denise Go, who's not in the show yet, who looks like she's going to be like a female Krennic, and she, yeah. I think she's going to be like the big bad. 
Um, so I, I, again, I could be way wrong. I like the fact that you both didn't have that take. Cause I thought, I thought it was obvious. Just, so I want to hear more of what you guys are saying about well, it. Well, to me, I feel a little bit like in between there. Cause I don't feel like he doesn't believe what he's saying. I do believe what he's saying, but I also, I think he does believe what he's saying. But the thing is, is like, I do also feel like he is overwhelmed, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's like flush with power. Cause I think flush with power is sort of kind of like the guys in the bar who are like, Hey, we're officers and we can do whatever we want. We can shake down people and take their money. And we have all this right. power. And he doesn't seem that way at all. He, to me, one of the biggest reasons why I like this show and I like the angle that they're going with is because it's all gray. It's all moral. And there's so many different ways to look at these characters our heroes are thieves who kill basically like police officers in the, in the alley, you know? And then you have our villains, which are the police officers saying there's two dead officers mm -hmm. and you're, and the establishment is going to overlook that. We're just going to let the, the guys get away. No, I'm going to chase after this and get the criminal. You know what I mean? That's but then the what they guy. do when they're chasing them is also terrible, where they kill Tim, R.I.P. Tim. Sure, sure. But that's what I'm saying. It's like when you look at like these different angles of the, the morality of all these different characters, that's where I'm getting, that's where I, I feel like this is such a, a, a rich show. You're getting, you know, you look at your villain and he he's like, two dead officers they're telling me to stand down i'm not going to stand down i'm going to do the right thing i'm going to go for justice and he's seeing like and then he gets there and the car explodes and everything and he's like he's so shook by the reality right. of yeah. wanting that justice I agree with that. that he like he's just fighting with himself on the inside i also feel like i'm not saying like he's conflicted like all of a sudden he's gonna put on some brown clothes and get dirty and all of a sudden become a rebel i i yeah. i think to me he seems like a guy who based on privilege or and i'm making this up i don't know if this is a real narrative where his parents were like a hux had the dad and stuff well but, we saw that mm -hmm. picture of him and his mom before the show came out and his mom was yeah wearing, like, nice clothes and everything so mm -hmm. is he a product of the path chosen for him and he's trying to go on that path but it's not really cut out for him and he's trying to still make it work. That's like, that's more closer to what I, I'm thinking. I think he's a young kid who's been told how to believe and he is like, he's firm in that. Like he's firm in his faith. He knows exactly what this is supposed to be. And then like he gets out into the real world and he's like, I don't, I don't know, you know, this is- And he looks like a Pixar Standing villain. on that, standing, holding your ground is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. That in wide shot world. of him with his back to the camera is a beautiful shot with like yeah. the oh, blown up the, car. Yeah. The Toby Haynes did an amazing job shooting this, and you could mm -hmm. tell how expansive and how big the sets the environment make all the is. difference, guys. Yeah. The volume's great, and I for and the, the past few years have been yeah. saying, "Oh, the volume's so wonderful; they can go anywhere." Blah blah blah. There's nothing like sets and locations; like you can't beat that, especially in something like this because mm -hmm. the shots they're able to get and the depth that you're seeing and like just the interactions that the cast and the creatures and everything are having with these sets make it that much more real, I feel, yeah. than kind of going back to what we said about Kenobi, which it kind of felt very closed, very small. This was very expansive. And yes, obviously there's CGI in there and tons of special effects, but I just felt like the streets and the sets themselves and the locations 
just added so much more to the world the star wars yeah there was only like two shots in all three episodes that i kind of looked at and go that doesn't look entirely real and i feel like there was a special effect or green screen i bet i know one of them you take a guess is is one of them when luthan is overlooking like the landscape nope yeah it's actually it's cost uh what is his name when he's younger casa cassian I think it's Cassian, no. but she just calls him Casa. She calls him Casa, like a nickname. Oh, I didn't take that. I because I thought that was also a leak too. That anyway, it doesn't really matter. But like when my he's daughter younger, calls Johnny Nani because she can't say Johnny. Yeah, when like, he's younger and he's standing and he's looking over the mining thing, it doesn't. It doesn't. The the depth isn't quite there, and it looks like he's kind of standing in front of like a um. Uh, what do they What did they do for the old movies? The blue drawings? screen, green, green screen. No, oh, no, 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 painting. The old matte, matte painting. painting. It kind of looks like a matte painting there. The depth doesn't feel quite right. The only other shot that I literally out of the entire like three episodes, I'm like, that kind of look fake is there's like a shot where the speeder's coming out and uh, Cassian and Luthan are on it. And it's like, it just kind of really quickly looked like they were in front of a green screen and, and the background didn't quite match them or something. But yeah. literally like the fact that I only have two in almost two hours of content like blows some of these other shows out of the water like you know book of boba fett kenobi even you know it's like i can i'm seeing those and i'm being taken out because i'm like oh this is this is a volume shot you know and when i'm watching these real sets like you're saying Lacey, it's just i'm totally in you know that that shot you brought up about him overlooking the mining and stuff as a kid i i couldn't help but feel like that was a mirror on the negative side of luke looking at the horizon and the hope of the future he this kid's by himself looking at a pit in the ground i just took it as the empire literally is a virus that's just destroying planet by planet right but i i I, am thinking of luke by himself looking to the horizon at the sunset dreaming and then this kid by himself looking down at this pit thinking of like just despair and and nothingness and I, I found that to be quite interesting because then you look at who Luke was. He was hopeful. He was optimistic. Yeah, he whined a lot and stuff. But then you look at Cassian and all he's known is I need to survive and despair. And, you know, I, I don't know who I can trust in this world and stuff like that. So it's very much it, Ray. Yeah. The, yeah. Those, those, those two different types of journeys. It's pretty cool. Those scenes of him when he's on his home planet and you can't understand anything they're saying, they just say it's, you know, in, in that language. It reminded me a lot of like the movie Apocalypto. You've ever seen that? It's just, there's no, I haven't seen there's, it, but I know what you mean. There's no dialogue to the movie. It's just basically like the, these people living in their world and, and they're just, you understand everything that's going on based on like how they're kind of Mannerisms, body language yeah. and, and talking to each other and stuff. So there was a lot of that going on. And I was like, so this is his existence. This is his world. He has no idea about star cruisers and everything else. And I, I'm just, I don't know. So cool. It, it reminds me of in a little bit. It reminds me of Ray when you so show her like holding, touching the rain for the first time, sort of thing. It's like this mm-hmm. this kid just has no understanding of the real world in a tribal sense of like what's out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What and and my last criticism because I really liked most of it, but I think my last criticism is that I felt like there were too many humans 
and it was like every once in a while they'd be like oh yeah this is star wars we had to remind them in star wars and they would dunk like a uh an alien in there who was pretty much a human just with an alien mask on um so and not that big of a deal maybe that specific location where we spent a lot of time it's a highly central human population so the money I'm talk not... which we already saw the confrontation part was so yeah. funny it was that such was a welcome good, yeah. kind of comic relief moment that you look for in star wars like when yeah. the, the hound peed on b2 uh, emo that was, was ridiculous <laughs> oh my god which... it was so funny yeah, we haven't mentioned it. I mean, we'll, we'll, I don't know when we're doing like Easter eggs, but yeah, Corellian Hound right there. Whenever. Solo. Yeah, right. Boom. And, and a lot of the crane work and the stuff that looked like walkers, definitely from mm-hmm. Solo. I thought the um, beginning was going to be Corellia at first. I was like, oh my God, are we going back like to Corellia? And Corellia, then they were like, yeah. no, Morvana. Yeah. And I was like, oh, which is very interesting because the moment he takes the walk down the stairs and you see those windows, I was like, oh, this is like red light district. Like this is mm-hmm. like the kind of seedy sexual underworld of star wars which was very jarring yeah in the first five to ten minutes that you see that you see death like all this stuff and i'm like yeah. oh okay so like we're in it like they didn't yeah. warm you up to it <laughs> they're, yeah. they're hitting yeah. you in the it, face yeah. it reminded yeah. me sort of like the the mandalorian like the halo world you know uh, where he's yeah. kind of oh, like yeah. in the underground the sort of stuff planet but even even more so, or even sort of the the Obi Wan uh, when he's kind of moving through the city too. But none of that stuff, like you were supposed to kind of get this feel that it's like a shady area. But I didn't really feel massively in danger, other than like the one place that he went, where obviously like Flea and his pals were like the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. But like walking through all this as other stuff, I just got this impression that like everywhere you turned, it was like bad news, sort of. Yeah. yeah and it the, like the first episode the music they used and a lot of the shots and how cassian looked i felt like i was watching like the terminator like the original terminator like cassian reminded me of like kyle reese a lot i don't know if anyone else felt that way but or or like a little blade runnery for sure in that that cantina and how like the waitresses looked and that sort of thing it felt like it felt like earth but in a dystopian future um, mm-hmm. And then when they took us, you know, after he kills those two guys, which I thought was was cool that he just killed that guy, because then it's like, so that is sort of like that Cassian that we saw at the beginning of Rogue One. He's like, I just had, mm-hmm. I can't compromise you, myself. You gotta go. Do you do you think that's his like origin story? Like, a, that's his first kill? No, he seemed like. That he had no. He was reaction. killing at a young age. It seemed no reaction to that kill. And usually on TV or movies, when they show someone getting their first kill, there's a physical, visceral reaction from that person. You got. You guys uh, might be right. I kind of got the, this impression the, that that's what they were building up to. Like he was surprised the that the other shock. guy was dead. Yes. Yeah. I was about to say that guy was in shock. Yeah. But did you notice, by the way, which I loved on the second time I watched it, when he sees his friend is dead and he looks up at Cassian, there's this big loud bang of thunder of realization of what's about to happen it's mm-hmm. a very distinct sound choice and as soon as the thunder happens he like looks at cassian and realizes oh i'm about to die yeah yeah it was very well done begging for his life and cassian's just like he, it, total survival mode since he was a little kid so he's like if i let you live i'm dead so i gotta kill you and well because he's like oh we can go in together like how was that yeah really get out of here yeah mm-hmm. right but uh, the other thing quickly on the droid, I liked that we have a protocol droid that's speaking, non-protocol droid that's speaking English. It was more Who's like the, the voice to B2 Emo? So, 
So it's Dave Chapman, who yeah. was a puppeteer with Brian Herring for BB-8. He's done other Star Wars droids. Uh, he helped puppeteer a little bit of Yoda with Frank Oz for The Last Jedi. So Frank mm-hmm. Oz didn't have to be crawling under yeah. sets all the time and stuff. Shout out to this guy. Go look at his IMDb. Just look him yeah. up. Like, obviously, he has been around and he knows exactly what he's doing. And I think this is just one of those opportunities. Like, why don't we have him do the voice? You've earned it, you know, sort of thing. Like, bring yeah. bring this character to life. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I like I like his voice. Like, I like the, the I do stutter too. I really like it. that. I think it's very... Um, yeah, I think endearing. that works. And it worked because, you know, how many times are we going to get the, like, do we, the, does Cassie know how to speak droid? So then you would have had to have it going beep, boop, 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 boop. And then him being like, no, we shouldn't do that. And it's like, oh, okay, let's, let's just have yeah. him talk to him. And I, I, I thought that was really cool. I, I think that, I don't know if that's the first time we've seen, and, you know, lack of a better term, I'm sure there's a reference book, but an astromech style of droid versus a protocol droid speaking basic. I really liked that a lot. I thought that was really cool. I loved him. And I know everyone's saying things like, protect him at all costs. He's my best thing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, we all agree. He's awesome. Yeah. Very and, he's cool. got the- and it's even cooler when you see it in person. Like yeah. oh, uh, Matt Denton yeah. was online posting shots of him in action and stuff. Oh, and it's one cool. of those moments. It was like that really warm, fuzzy feeling about BB-8 when they rolled BB-8 on stage and everybody thought yeah. it was CG and it wasn't. Um, it's just so incredibly amazing when you get to see what these guys do for a living like the talent and skill and intelligence that goes into creating these little droids and the way they move and like the way he like kind of flexes up and down and it's just everything about him is really really cool and different yeah um so Lacey uh let's hear from them a bit any uh super chats yeah, so we have a couple. So first we have Ryan Wara. Thank you, Ryan, for the super hey, chat. Thanks, he Ryan. said, there was a real Black Hawk down vibe to episode three with the townsfolk turning on the Empire officers. Mm-hmm. They went in with an objective to arrest Cassian and went it went sideways when the whole town turned on them. I loved that sequence. That and then awesome. Fiona Shaw's, like, the cut between her telling the lines of, like, the worst part is when it stops. Oh, my God. That's the sound it was of a reckoning. It was so yeah. good. Which we knew we knew the line from the trailer, but like it actually I always kind of pictured her just saying that to Cassian, you know, at some point. And this obviously has so much more weight to it of like mm-hmm. everybody in the town is ringing the bells and and you know, and it's like you don't know bells, where they are. Whatever so, junk you I, I know, have, but I'm saying bang yeah. on it. Yeah. It was I like spoons that. and uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't mean bells as in like the bell in the bell tower. Oh, I yeah. meant just like ringing the bells like they have a handheld bell or something and you hear the ringing everywhere in the city but you don't see the people, you know, anymore. It like I don't now, know. What, was what was, cool. Now, I remember seeing that guy in the first trailer and thinking that was really cool. I thought his purpose was like he was he like would warn the town if something was happening, but it seemed like he was just like He's their alarm clock. He's like the trumpet guy in army. He was so into his job too. Yeah. So I think I think he is connected because he's obviously friends with Bix and then in turn also friends with Andor. So when they showed up at Marva's house, he You're thinking of the wrong person. We're talking about the guy that's banging on the tower. Yeah, with the hammers. Oh, oh. (laughs) Tower guy. (laughs) tower guy we thought he was the guy alerting everybody in the trailer but he's not he's just like a wake-up call i don't think anybody in star wars loves their job more than tower guy tower guy (laughs) he was really into it yeah he was like "Eh, 
Yeah. We have another super chat from Paul Sullivan. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, he Thanks, said, Paul. shout out to B2 Emo, Awesome Droid, K2's Who? Oh, K2S Who? Well done. Uh, love <laughs> the show, guys. Keep up the great work. I Thanks, Paul. I love B2. K2's also awesome. I am a very big, let's not put one down to lift another up. I get what you're saying though, Paul. I know you're making a joke here, but B2's awesome. Can't wait to see more of him. Uh, but I honestly think that K2 is going to show up by the end of the season. We're going to see these two droids interact. I hope so. Oh my God. I think that's a lock. I think that's a lock. That's going to be amazing. We'll see. But yeah, Paul, thank you so much. K2SO is going to sit on him or something and thinking he's like a chair and then he's going to get angry at him. <laughs> it is interesting though in the flashbacks that uh, we saw B2 be all brand new, like a Corvette, like bright red, no scratches. And then when we see him again, he's like very worn. Yeah. Very, very worn. Uh, we have a I... new super chat from Christian. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. What up, Chris? Uh, he said, hey, guys, sorry I can't hang out and chat, but I wanted to swing by and say hi. Andor is pretty dope, and I'm ready for more. I love you guys and this badass community. See you in a week. T.I., Three nine two two one out out. And if you're still not hanging out, we'll let you know that we featured you. <laughs> we're a friend of that. Chris. Chris. Might have lost a little bit. Of I it. love Chris's picture. It's him and Ashley uh, Eckstein. Love that. Thanks, love Christian. It. Love that journey it. for you. We love you uh, too, man. Yeah. That's um, it for now. So, Lacey, you were pretty outspoken that you love that character that Fiona Shaw plays. So, yes. What? Now, going in, you knew of her from Harry Potter and other stuff. Harry but, Potter, yeah. And, you know, did anything that we saw from her in these episodes surprise you from what you knew from, like, the trailers and stuff? And, like, what's your big takeaway from, from her character and what maybe she means to Cassian? She's such a talented, a talented actress that I hate to be like, I only know her from Harry Potter because I feel like that's a disservice to who she is as an actress. But that's yeah. what I mostly know her from. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, she she was just so moving and wonderful. And she was an example, once again, in Star Wars of like doing the right thing. Like in the moment, she could have left Cassian to die. She could have mm -hmm. left him to get caught, be thrown into the Empire she did the right thing. You know, she took him in. She was like, I'm not leaving him here. She stood by him for however many years. Cassian the whole time is giving me Han Solo vibes because everybody wants money from him and then everybody like somehow doesn't turn against him. Um, yeah. And I just felt like the whole end of episode three when she's giving that speech from her chair and the way that she just with looks, she's giving so much emotion and power and just like owning the screen and the space that she's in like this, the shot of her sitting there at like in this apartment in the house where everything's just totally wrecked. Cassian's gone. And it's just like, it's very moving. She did an amazing job. And mm -hmm. um, she's just another example of a star Wars character that has given so much and it doesn't matter to her as long as it's building toward what's right. Like as long so as she knows that, at the end of the line, freedom is there for these people or that the empire is destroyed. She's willing to put everything aside for that end goal. Yeah, we, we have a lot of like stoic characters in Star Wars. Like I'll use Saw Gerrera as an example. Like every line that he says feels like it's like, I've been standing here for so long doing the right thing always, you know, kind of thing. 
uh, he never feels scared. And I like that about Marva. There's a sense where she, where she's sitting in the chair, she turns on the recording, and then she immediately like turns on Assie and like, how do they know this? You know what I mean? And she's like, actually sort of having an emotional freak out, like, who did you tell? I didn't, you know, and they're like arguing back and forth. It felt very real. Um, as stoic as she is, um, I think she did a very good job at making her character feel like sort of that sort of that Luke Skywalker last Jedi thing where it's like she's yes, very real you can it be, seems like yes you can be a heroic character but also be a human being who can still be scared for their life and scared and for not the have everything the together they care about yes yeah, yeah and not have all the the answers yeah yeah and, and fu- James real quick I think yeah. you were actually right because <laughs> I'm on the Wikipedia page and mm-hmm. I think his name was Cassa and she just renamed him Cassian yeah, I'm interested to see where that comes into play. My my understanding that he was Casa, yeah, and that, I thought, yeah, I thought that was just like a short like nickname that like siblings give each other. That's interesting. So yeah, there was like a leak or something that said his name was going to be, so, and I don't remember. I'm sure it was probably correct, but I remember it being like a weird, shortened or different version of Cassian. And then it was like, and then he will adopt the name Andor or Cassian Andor as like a more. Um, I don't know, like, like he had a tribal name, and then he had like a, a public record. Well, name Andor is her kind of name. Thing. Her and her I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was new information when like the leak came out or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. And then he's gonna be like this other character whose name is not Cassian, but like he has like a tribal name. Who it's sort of like, what's the what's the conversion, or, or what would that name be if you were speaking? Um, basic or whatever you know yeah so it, it's like his his young name or his his uh, given name is sort of something different now um yeah oh, I, I was I, I, go ahead go ahead I, I just i was going to mention about marva is that it, i i find it really interesting too to re- remember from like the the books or the the history of what we know about cassian is that he grew up separatist so it's really interesting when they land on the ship that the ship crashed marva's there and the the ship that they're afraid of that's coming that's gonna like kill everybody or whatever is a republic ship. There's like there's oh, a republic yeah. ship. Yeah, so it's it's cool. cementing the fact that she for however she's involved, I don't know if she's like she was chasing that ship, looting them, whatever. It seems like there was maybe a virus that they were like, well, the virus is probably burned off by now. I don't know what the story is with that, but it's interesting that they were implying that she was again like fighting separatists she was opposite the republic side because she had opinions on those people mm-hmm. well she yeah. made a living stealing things so you're not going to be yeah. really friends with the republic and at this point she's she's older clearly so it's got to be empowering to go and experience so much in your life and be in harrowing situations like they clearly show us when she's breaking into that ship and she finds cassian and stuff like that and she doesn't know what to expect on the other side of the wall she has a gun and her husband has a gun they're like bonnie and clyde for all we know but now she's older she's probably experienced so much of this over time that these guys do not intimidate her at all and she's sitting there actually intimidating them saying like oh you wait till this wait till it stops that's when it really happens they're like what is that what do you mean what do you mean? What does that mean? What, is, what you know? How old do you I think Cassian is when she picks him up? Ten. 
Is he's, he six? He's got to be he, six. He has that to be kid's six. A lot taller than a six-year-old. I'll that, tell you that. I just realized that as I'm sitting there, I'm like, how has he been in this fight since he was six years old? He's got to be six. It has to be. I mean, That's I called him, but you know, I don't want to rehash old predictions. But you know, what? What? I, <laughs> I, we're I, both I, like, I called it that we were going to see six-year-old Cassian. Long time ago. Well, you think he's ten, so you haven't called it yet. This that kid's like fourteen. <laughs> But I I have to clear up something really quick. Everybody keeps commenting on my mug. So first of all, it's a spooky mug. It's got Halloween stuff on it, which is awesome. It is not uh, pumpkin spice. It is, in fact, regular coffee. (laughs) I just want to say that. Ryan Wara said, that's a big mug, Lacey. What are you drinking? Pumpkin something? I wish. Um, (laughs) We got to talk back to our regularly scheduled program. We got to talk about Bix, who I loved. I thought she was excellent i thought she is the most gorgeous character i've ever seen in star wars yeah you think so she is the best looking person i've ever seen in star wars all right there you go i thought she was excellent i liked everything about her character and i thought it was such a great acting performance too like she showed so much different range in this Mm -hmm. um so i'm excited to see where where this goes between her and, and cassian clearly now with tim gone they're maybe alluding to the fact of a, a bit of a romantic reunion between Cassian and Bix. Um, and of course the actress herself. So I don't think I'm blowing the lid off. Anything has, has talked about, you know, speaking with uh, Tony Gilroy about season two and stuff. So uh, it looks like we're actually going to get a character that's not going to say hello and goodbye very quickly. So that's cool. Um, so I'm excited to see more about her character, but at the end of episode three, which th- these episodes didn't have titles, right? They were just called episode one, two, and yep. three, right? Yeah, just one, two, and three, yeah. Um, you know, she has the gash in her head and she's, you know, what sees what happens to Tim and she still feels bad what happens to him, showing her humanity, even though he kind of like screwed her over and Cassian. And the, they just do that, like focus on each character that we just met and where they're at as we're going to take off to like the real, like if this was the prologue, these three episodes, now we're getting into chapter one, so to speak, from a story perspective. I think she's going to be a big part of this. And I'm curious what we just saw happen to her, uh, how that affects her character going forward. And you have to think, I, I hope it's not one of those things where it's a Leia Han thing where they're bickering and stuff. Like we've seen that so many times and they tried to do it with Ray and Poe. Uh, I just want to see two characters that care about each other and have each other's back. So I hope they go that angle because they already sort of did the teasing thing early on. I don't want that to be a whole season long thing. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I'm pumped that we will be getting romance in star Wars. Um, even though ultimately mm-hmm. we know this is not going to end well. So <laughs> there's that, but um, like I said, I thought Bix was great. I, I loved her interactions with Cassian. You knew yeah. from this and from comments made from <clears throat> Tony Gilroy that their interactions were going to be tense because they've had a lot of history and, you know, they set it up that Cassian's kind of a ladies' man. Marvel lists off all those names at the beginning of the episode. Um, I am interested to see where she goes from here. I was caught off guard that her connection was Stellan Skarsgård's character. I mm. didn't put those together. I knew he I was going to come in somehow. I wouldn't have assumed it would have been that way. And when he shows up and she's chit-chatting with him, I was like, oh, so like he's in it. 
Like they're both working together. Um, I really, really enjoyed that detail a lot. Like I there really was, liked that. There was one point too, and this was only because I saw the clip. Um, but I mean, we all saw the clip, but because I saw the clip, she kept referring to him as the buyer. And it wasn't until like the end of the first episode that I was like, I wonder who the buyer. And then, and then I remembered seeing him like flash the money. And I was like, oh, it's Luthan Rail. Like he's the buyer. He's the connection, which I think is actually like awesome for, for Bix. Again, like just, just to talk about how great she is they give almost every emotion possible. Like she's obviously, uh, she's the person with the information. Cassie needs her. So she has her like street wits about her. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we see her being loving. We see her being like, um, torn apart. You know, we see her being, um, like it just every, it feels like every aspect of what you would want to see in a character we saw out of her in just the three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, excited for what's ahead um because i'm vested in all these characters the good guys the bad guys everybody. they all got time to shine in these three episodes which is amazing because i feel like oftentimes we get introduced to like 10 characters and then they focus on three each of these characters had their great moments that you Mm -hmm. were like wow i love what they're doing here and then you'd get to the next character and be like oh my gosh now this character is amazing i just had so many moments where i was jumping from like what my favorite is um yeah yeah, no bix is really really cool i can't wait to see what where she goes from here and we haven't even gotten into like mon mothma and like all those characters yeah well we haven't even talked about luthan yet really yes really so what two other quick characters too like and i I, again like i know i said the thing off the top but like i think the the actor that played tim was great and i i think that his role too was not To me, at least, it didn't feel like it was one note jealous boyfriend who was there just to get them in trouble or whatever. I actually kind of felt something out of him where I was like, I think he's just trying to protect what he loves, you know, and keep her away from this other person who's clearly getting her involved in things that she shouldn't be involved in. And he's he's trying to protect them and it backfires on him, obviously. I did not take that at all. I took that as this guy's snooping around too much. She's going around. She's probably creeping around with him. I want her for myself. I'm going to report him. That's literally all one note. There was no like I'm protecting her from something because there is no other reason to report him to the empire than to know that one, he's going to get arrested Two, You're never going to see him again. Yeah, I think that was jealousy. I think he wanted to be with her and he knew that there was a history between her and Cassian. How do you get rid of him? Empire. Bang. I don't think it's a protective thing or like a, a no, good selfish thing. Heart thing. He it's wanted to be with selfish. her. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's how I took I it. I think too. James, to your defense though, I think once he did it, you could tell he immediately was like, what did I do? How am I going to get out of this? How oh, she called him out for it. He's like, well, but this party's over. I, yeah. I think that's because he didn't realize that she was going to be involved. He wouldn't have mm-hmm. done it if he wouldn't, if he would have known that she also was going to get in trouble. So I think the fact that they were connected together or whatever was part of the reason. I don't, I don't think he's so much worried about Cassian because I think he thinks he's the bad influence sort of thing. But anyway, it's just a take on the character. Let's, one other, one other quick one too. Oh yeah, what? Yeah. I was gonna say. Oh okay. Just there's not a lot there, but I feel like that character is gonna show up again somehow, because um, they kept cutting to him, and he seems like a very strong, understanding, like he he knows his way, like street smart character. But the fact 
like he's just there to sort of be like a token friend or something like that. Like, I don't know. I think there's more to that character that he's going to later show up and maybe join with Cassian. They'll meet up again. I just don't understand what the point of that character was if he's just gone. And you, and he's like, well, I'm leaving today. See ya. Thanks for covering for me last night. I think we definitely see him again because he's one of the characters they focus on at the very end of the third episode. They mm-hmm. wouldn't do that mm-hmm. if he was just a flyby. Hey, nice to see you, pal thing. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think there's more to come from him. And I like the fact that, you know, he sort of had Cassian's back and he helped him, you know, form his life. He seemed lie super and... loyal. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, you got your story covered? How about this too? You know, then you fell down and that's how you got the cut on your head. And that's, you know, I like that. I like that. The And he still kind of cut him, cut him down a little bit by saying, you came here to apologize to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. I, I loved the ship moved that he, that he pulled where he tied the ship to the other ship or yes. the, yeah, to the ship. That was so because cool. at first you see them. Sh- so you ha- see at the beginning and you're like, okay, that character proved like played that part. Then you see him leaving the junkyard and you're like, okay, they're showing this guy again, but he's had no interaction. What's going on? And then the ship takes off and that happens. And you're like, oh, he was doing that. So, yeah. so yeah. funny story. I, I got to watch these episodes twice. And the first time I watched it, I just, I don't know why. Totally missed it. Totally missed the whole thing where the ship, w- I saw the guy run to the ship, get in and start to take off, but I missed that he was connected, crashed, and then the other people were like, where did where did that come from? Oh no, it's yeah. a siege, they're surrounding us. The second time I watched it, I was like, oh my God, how did I miss all this? This is so great. And again, Dude. it was like one of those things where sometimes you watch an episode, you watch it a second time, you're like less enthralled with it. The, when I watched it the second time, all of these, I was like, I, the parts I did miss or didn't catch on the first watch only elevated this. And I, I was like, every second of this is great. Not just the parts I remembered watching the first time. Yeah. And, you know, we've been taught like the, the theme of this conversation is just these great performances by these actors. And, you know, a lot of which I, I'm not super familiar with their catalog, but uh, one that I am is Stellan Skarsgård. And he was man, fantastic. Yeah. This guy brought it. He did. Like, he was like, Ender. <laughs> oh, when, when he goes, don't you want to fight these bastards for real? I wanted to start fighting. I was like, I'm in, dude. What do you need me to do? Like, that was uh, that was my favorite line in the whole three episodes. Because it, w- it was, you know, when you get so, like, impassioned about something or or you punch the air air punch you're so filled with rage that your voice can't even fully volumize (laughs) and he's just like these bastards don't you want to fight it for real i was like yes i do yes i do oh my god so it's uh i thought he was so good i'm so excited knowing that we're gonna see like his sort of clark kent version of himself where he's like a senator and he has like a wig and robes and jewelry and stuff like i want to know way more about luthan and the fact that him and cassian are going off together now and it looks sort of like he's now the father figure because they juxtaposed cassian when he was adopted by his mom in the ship looking out the windshield yes. and now he's with luthan looking out so he's got his obi-wan so to speak um i'm really excited to see see where they go and him teaching him the lessons and stuff felt a little bit like luke and ray mm-hmm. I, I everything that they did about this character how they wrote it how they've already created this bond between 
him and Cassian, uh, and, and knowing that you know he's such a good actor and like Chernobyl, Goodwill Hunting, yeah. go down the list. I am very excited to see where they take this character, especially knowing he's going to be interacting a lot with Mon Mothma too. I'm interested to see more about his like collecting type of stuff because that's obviously a lot of the pictures and trailer moments we've seen. And that picture was going around with Plo Koon's mask this Mm -hmm, week mm -hmm. that people were talking about. And you're like, oh my gosh, what does this guy have? There's a character, uh, the character that plays Linus, the, the, the bigger officer, right? Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, What's his name? Linus Mosk, right? Oh, oh yeah, the Scottish, the Scottish guy. dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also in Chernobyl, and I, I don't, I don't know. I'm too afraid to get into spoilers with that because it's so good. But the whole, the, the part that he plays in that, um, obviously, it's like you know the whole real story of like it's like a terrible thing that happened to a lot of people. The fact like his role and what he does in that show is just like, it's absolutely like astonishing and crazy that that happened. But Mm -hmm. like, it's a human being fighting for humanity. It's so it's that show is so good, but like he's in that and to see, and I didn't put it together until somebody pointed out today. I was like, that is the guy. So now I'm like extra, like looking forward to what he brings to the character. Cause again, he's in um, every episode. I mean, although I don't think he was in the first one, but he's listed as 12 episodes in the first season. So I mean, he might be credited for every episode, but, um, he better but I be don't think he was episode. in the first one, right? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't know. But he, but he on IMDb, he's in 12, all 12 episodes. So, I mean, and they changed the, the original uh, meeting of those two characters. I don't know if you know that. The original meeting had it where... Uh, Luthen actually wrote a complex math equation on a blackboard and Cassian oh solved gosh. it. <laughs> you've made this joke before. <laughs> you didn't joke. I tweeted it today. <laughs> well, you've made it in a previous show. <laughs> they're they're going to make Robin Williams a, a CGI character. They'll bring it yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, like he's Tarkin. in Good Wanting. He plays the professor. No, I got you. Yeah. The guy's been around. That movie's 25 years old. He's been around. He's been doing this thing, but I, I'm so excited to see him. And really think about it. We're, we're already at an hour and we just basically polished off talking about all the main players here uh, so far. And there's a lot more to go. So do we want like other, other elements of these three episodes you guys want to focus on, or do we want to do a little light speculating on what's ahead for next week? Uh, do, do we want to talk Easter eggs? What do you guys got? I, I saw the Bantha toy. I'm pretty sure that's the what Bantha that was. Toy, yep. Um, I didn't notice and then, that. The other it's thing on the I desk saw... when it kind of pans over in his room. There's a Bantha mm-hmm. toy. Yeah. And the the other thing I saw that just kind of like confused me was that Luthen's cane looks like a lightsaber yeah. stunt prop. <laughs> like it has the white blade. It does. Yeah. And, but it retracts. So that's cool. So it reminded me of I don't know if you guys remember this, but while like towards the end of his life when he wasn't using his wheelchair, Peter Mayhew had a lightsaber cane. And that's oh really? That's cool. Yeah. And it looked yeah, just it looked just like that to me. So I don't know if that's a, an Easter egg or I'm just like seeing something that really is not that. I don't know if anyone else saw that. James, it looks like you kind of saw that a little bit too. So the lightsaber? I, I thought, yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, okay. So maybe that was their way of saying there's not going to be lightsabers in this show, but we'll make the cane look like one or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. think they're going to definitely 
mention Jedi. I mean, we've seen the mask going around on social for Plo Clune. I, I think yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if his character collects Jedi artifacts. Like yeah, it, he's collecting these things. Correct. It, mm. it reminded me of sort of an outward say, way of saying like, this is what I'm into. This is kind of like what I stand for or what I believe kind of thing. Like if, um, like if somebody's never been in the military, but they wear a lot of like camo and stuff because they, you know, are just into it and they just think that stuff's cool. It's kind of, a, it, it was that sort of way. It's him saying like, you know, I've got this cane. It's modeled after what I believe in sort of thing. You know, it's kind of this hint back to the older days of what he stands for. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought this. it was kind of a character trait. Yeah, Steve in the comments said David W. Collins is the ship voice. It's so funny when I was listening to it, I was like, whose voice is that? I've heard this voice before, and now I know it's David Collins. Oh, nice. That's Good awesome. for him. That's awesome. Is, yeah. is the ship voice for Luthan ship? Yeah. So that's one of my slight Easter eggs is that it's they, that voice is referred to as a Fonder droid. And um, Fondor is a planet from, uh, or like we know a lot about it from Battlefront Two, and we see it. it's really cool. Like there's a big like shipyard thing up up in the sot, uh, up like a sort of like um, in at the end of Rogue One where you see like the big shield. Anyway, but um, but I was like, oh, Fondor, that's that's interesting. That could be where that you know something that we see in the future. If he's if he's flying a ship that's from Fondor, maybe he's also from Fondor. Maybe some of these shots that we think are Coruscant are um some of these other planets like maybe even like vardos which is like a big uh uh empire planet which is also the tie then to battlefront too so i don't know maybe there's maybe there's some stuff there that's going on so i was like that's kind of cool that they're mentioning they're, that they're aware you know that this would be a ship from fondor mm-hmm. yeah we do have know. a super chat really quick oh yeah coming from Soonerthron. thank you so much what's, what's up? up buddy he said just join guys one do you think think bix is a rebel or just a broker is andor saying fight since i was five in rogue one when his dad was hung thanks so i think bix is a part of the rebellion i don't think she's just a broker because she wouldn't be involved i think with explaining who cassian was mm-hmm. to stellan skarsgård's character um right i if i was making a bet right now i'd say she's just a broker but I understand where you're coming from on that because does I don't know why or maybe she's just going really messing yeah maybe she was just asking for help because she had nowhere else to go type thing like hey I need your help with this I I think yeah part of the charm of this show is going to be how people find their way to this new rebellion because Mm -hmm. everyone has this spirit in them and you could see it but the rebellion doesn't exist yet and they don't know what to identify with. So everyone's mm-hmm. just waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for this revolution and they don't know where to go. And maybe that's why we saw those shots at the end where like this character, then this character and this character. And it's like, here they are. They're fed up with all that's going on. They don't know what to wrap their arms around right now. So I think she is a rebel, but she doesn't know it yet. I think that's where we're sort of going with this. So. Yeah, and uh, the question about Andor saying he was in this fight since he was six years old, I think it's literally from when we see him on the planet, like with the other Lord of the Flies type kids. Like, that's yeah. what he was talking about when he joined the fight by going in with Marva. That's and we my- may not mm-hmm. have seen him at six. Maybe Tony Gilroy's like, I don't need to be that cute with it. You're going to see him when he's 10, but he's been doing the same stuff for four years. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I don't need I felt to like see- that's it, John. When he gets on that ship is when he joins the fight. When he gets so frustrated, he's smashing everything. That's when he joined. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that, Lacey, but it's and also he sees it's himself just, like, for the first it just time sort of probably. flies in the, the face of the canon that we already know, which is like mm. the movie canon. Of, you know, it doesn't yeah. line up. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to assume that they're just going to do what they want to do and they cast it at that specific age um, to make it seem like he's a little bit more conscious of the choice or something, even though he was sort of abducted. Uh, he didn't really have a choice in going. But yeah. it might feel weirder if she took like a six-year-old versus like a preteen. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean that kid was definitely not six. But if they, if that's what they say, that's what they say. Again, Diego Luna's forty-two, playing a twenty-one-year-old. <laughs> he's twenty, so. so apparently he's just got really good genes. Or something. Yeah, he's doing all right. He's doing okay. Um, yeah, and then I so the, when he said your father hung outside, that's obviously. Um, um marva's husband who we saw on the ship when they found cassian and i don't know did they reveal why he was hung was he just found out to be going against the empire is it that simple and they like sort of like they did with that jedi and obi-wan kenobi just displayed him to say like you disobey the empire this is going to be you sort of thing Mm. i don't think we know yeah it's it i mean what we may find out more flashbacks that's the thing it's getting harder and harder to speculate and predict star wars now with these flashbacks which i like i I think it's fun i enjoy that um all right so for next week do we think is it uh, a lock that we're getting mothma uh a saw guerrera uh where do we think we're going where do we think cassian and luthan are going is he taking him to his home uh, where he resides as a senator or whatever he is. Like, where, where do you guys think we're headed for um, episode four? Because the buzz online from the people who had a chance to see the fourth episode said, like, that's the one that really starts uh, gearing things into or putting things in a high gear. Go I don't on, know. James, I, do I, don't, I don't think Cassian meets Saul. I could uh, be oh, wrong. That, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that would make sense if he didn't. Because... He yeah, it would be sort him. of like they needed Jin to introduce yeah. them to Saul. So if Cassian's already met Saul before, then he wouldn't really need they wouldn't need that introduction if if mm-hmm. how she quotes it. Um so I don't I don't know. My my only guess is that they just take him back and and Cassian's like, you know, like, what are we doing here? Like, why am I with you? What do you need me for? And then he does a little bit more explaining of like, there's a bigger picture, you know, we we need to work together and maybe there's a small little scuffle where he's sort of able to help or something. And they can, he can sort of show him by example, like, this is what we're doing. See these people over here, they were starving and now we've helped them. And Cassian says, he starts to get a bigger picture of how he could help um, more uh, globally. (laughs) That's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like galactically. (laughs) Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. So Lacey, what do you think? What do you think is going on next week? I think we're definitely going to see Mon Mothma. We're going to see more of Coruscant and what's going on with the Empire itself and the regional governor type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I think we're going to get that that clip of the guys drinking from the cups that we've seen everywhere on social media. Um, oh, yeah. I think we're going to get more into the Empire side. We've seen the beginnings of the Rebellion side with Cassian. I think we need to now see the other side of the story for the next few episodes to really kind of see where each side's at. And I think we're going to meet that Imperial uh, 
Deidre Miro, played yeah. by Denise Go. I think we're going to get her and her sort of grouping of uh, Imperial officers or Empire officers. Um, and maybe some Empire facilities would be kind of cool to see um, mm-hmm. that aren't the Death Star or a Star Destroyer. So I, I'm excited because I really don't know what what's next, but I like that we have all these new characters that we already know and feel attached to even Brasso, you know, and uh, that just makes me more excited for what's ahead. Because again, it's hard. It, it's gotta be hard to do these prequel type stories and get people invested in new characters, knowing their future isn't very expansive beyond what we're going to see from them here. Um, thinking about um, Reva, you know, from, from Obi-Wan, like, like what's her future in star Wars? Like we'll see. Um, so with these characters, like they already got us vested in them. So whatever happens to them in this series, whether it's in this season or next season, it, it's going to deliver in a big way. And um, I'm really excited that they've already fleshed that out because now we can hit really hit go and, and chase this story. So um, any, any, uh, yeah, it looks like James, you have, you have something else going on. I was, I was going to say um, that there are still a few more Easter eggs, but I was curious if we had any other super chats. We do have a couple. Um, So first we have Paul. Yeah, Paul's back. Hi, Paul. He said, definitely a lock for next week. Senator Binks of Naboo in the Imperial Senate. Oh, there we go. I'd actually love that. Call it. I'd love it. Uh, Thank you so much. And then we also have... If he's right, I'm going to say that's called Pauling it. Pauling it. Well done. Nice. Ryan Warr, what up? Thank you so much. He said, you guys, I'm so excited for this series. I love seeing the Rebellion versus the Empire, and I cannot wait to see this part of the timeline fill in. I Thank agree. you, Ryan. I'm Absolutely. super pumped about Thanks, it Ryan. as well. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy that uh, we're watching. We just watched two hours of new live-action Star Wars today. Just nothing. What a way to wake up. That just happened. Which I did um, see some comments in the chat about um, – you know, press and certain people had the privilege of watching episodes one to four. Mm-hmm. And I know people are kind of trickling out information about episode four. And I'm on the page of, hey, you had the privilege of watching that. Maybe you just wait a little bit <laughs> before yeah. you tell people details of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And none I, of I us agree. are looking up anything that people are saying or, or going on like the spoilers no. or anything for that. So when we're trying to predict episode four, it's not like, hmm, I think this is going to happen. And then we like, yeah, well, I was not right. asking people yeah. who saw it. Yeah. Nope. No, I ever. just think it's um, kind of inappropriate to be saying, hey, this happened or this could happen. Look, we've I, we've all three of us have, have had a chance to see things in advance and we kept our mouth shut. Yeah, that's what you do. never had the need to say um, likes or anything. Um, okay, nerdy, nerdy said, what up? Uh, super chat, thank you so much. Said Easter egg, we will see separatist insignias in the flashback of the ship with the dead scientist. Ooh. Interesting. I don't think yeah, I realized so, that. I gotta go back and rewatch. So what the those guys that have the yellow faces and stuff? They had that separatist insignia right. on, on their jackets and stuff. And it's interesting because I'm not really sure uh, what's going on with them. Like I said, I hinted at it earlier because Marva says, um, you know, whatever it is, it's burned off by now. So I'm assuming it was like a virus that broke out or something that they were scared oh, of. I don't know. Dude. But they're all, they all seem to be affected with it. Because they were so. yellow. Yeah. Yeah. 
they were all yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, why is the and we're gonna get out of here in a minute? Don't worry. But why is the Separatist insignia a, a profile view of a Tie Fighter? <laughs> Just realized it's exactly the wing of a Tie Fighter. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. A um, uh, couple other ones, real quick, just to blow through them. Yep. There was a Wabani reference. Um, yep. Yep. We talked know, about that. Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a steel pecker from The Force Awakens, which is just like a bird. And I immediately mm-hmm. noticed it because it's in the exact like same position as, oh, same as when you see it. Yeah. It might even be like the exact same puppet. So I thought that was kind of cool, like over on um, cool. Jakku. Um, and then in the shipyard, there's a bunch of ships that, uh, you know, were probably uh, pieces that they use for the Rise of Skywalker because almost all those ships also said they were in the Rise of Skywalker, but what ship wasn't. Um, what was interesting, though, is there is a VCX-100, so it's probably not the Ghost, but it is yeah. another VCX-100 sitting there, yeah. um, which is kind of neat. There was a Y-Wing. Um, there's one called a Lancer class pursuit craft, which is Asajj Ventress's ship and also Ketsu Anyo, who's a rebels character. Um, so you, so that ship is kind of like a live action thing, uh, version of, of ship that we saw in rebels coming to, to live action as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were pretty neat. And then the only other one that I wanted to mention really quickly is in the back of the ship that Luthen is riding on like the transport where he's talking to that other gentleman in the back of the ship. There are two Aki Aki, one wearing red, one wearing yellow. And it looks like they're wearing festival robes. And I did them. I did the math on this and it's 40 years before the Aki Aki festival, which happens every 42 years. And I was like, Oh, that would have been so good if they were in the back it was 42 years previous, so they would have been like traveling to or from uh, Pasana, but it was just yeah. a little bit off. Uh, 40 years before we see the Rise of Skywalker. Very close. But still wearing the, the traditional robes, so kind of. Very cool. All right. Uh, thank you to everybody who joined us live. We appreciate that. Uh, obviously, this is going to be on the channel thereafter, so if you were late, or, or what have you, uh, you can watch it in full later. And of course, it's going to be on all the podcast apps tomorrow morning. So if you're uh, an audio listener, that'll be there for you, uh, as always, on Thursday morning. Um, but thanks again to everybody, whether you're joining us live or listening after the fact. We really appreciate that you're part of the resistance. Thank you so much for all your support. And remember, Patreon Phase 4 is in effect. Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tiers start at $5 a month. Check out the tears, see the changes, see the cool stuff we have going on, and uh, join the resistance. It's a, a great time. Um, make sure you're going to Star Wars Newsnet for your Star Wars news every day. And uh, I want to say a big thank you to our generals and spice runners on Patreon. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilke, Sneaky Zebra, and Val Trichkoff are our generals. Thank you. And our spice runners, David Probus in the chat. Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner was in the chat. Ryan Wara was in the chat. Dave Hornack was in the chat. Thomas Hennessy, <laughs> Andrew Staley was here. Jeremy Myers and Michael Fry. <laughs> Thank you all for all of your support and all of our patrons. Um, next Wednesday, September 28th, we are going to talk about episode four of Andor. Same time, uh, 9 p.m. East. So come join us. Tell your friends. 
Let's have a good time. Um, but until then, we'll be back with you on Monday morning. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing netting at Star Wars News Net. Uh, James? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. And Lacey. Oh, we have another super chat, it looks like. I was going to say, we have a super chat from Ryan Worth. Thank you, Ryan, who said, join the Patreon already. It's awesome. Ryan, you're the man, dude. Um, Thank you, buddy. Ryan is the best. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. Yeah. And we'll be back with you all on Monday morning with another episode where we're blending Thursdays, typical Thursday stuff and Monday stuff. So it should be a great episode for you. So uh, enjoy the rest of your weeks. Enjoy your rewatches of Andor and weekends. And we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. 